Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Songs from a Padded Envelope. My name is Steve and I'm here with co-host Ben. Hello, Ben. Hi there, Steve. So Melanie S. Jane is our guest for this episode. Uh, Melanie contacted us a while back asking if we would be up for her coming on the show. And Ben, Melanie reaching out to us in, in the way that she did is very much indicative of her drive to do things in her own unique way i think oh yeah she's someone that is hugely ambitious um and very much kind of self-taught and self-motivated i mean when you first kind of uh you first had the link sent um sent over from her and you sort of uh, put the contact forward to me and either looked through the stuff that she'd been doing and that and you said you speculated that she might be working in the sort of she might be sort of out described as a you know an outsider artist and I mean that as, you know, we both mean that as a compliment, don't we? We're both huge fans, yeah. huge fans of people like Rick Daniel Johnston, or if you think about even someone like Richard Dawson might be, might be described as a, an outsider artist. But actually, I don't know. I don't know whether that's fair or unfair to her. Maybe it's, maybe it didn't seem so, so relevant after the conversation with her. She's certainly someone that's working on the margins and in a, in a slightly unconventional way, but, um, like yeah just returning to what i said before you hugely ambitious eh? i really like the sort of self-motivation that's going on with melanie and she talks about and when you listen to this conversation it's not like any that we've that we've had before with with anyone else somebody who's on the one hand really really comfortable with what she's doing and how she's doing it and saying yeah you know this is this is this is what i do and i'm, I'm happy with this but then constantly pushing and reinventing and responding to her creative ideas in as a very as a real kind of purity to it there's no there's no pretense to what she's doing at all there's just oh i've had this idea so i'm going to do it and if i don't know how to do it i'm going to find out how to do it and then do it uh and in my own you know unique way and i and i really love that all power to melanie for the way that she approaches doing things i think yeah yeah totally she's like like you said she's motivated in a completely different way and um there's no there's no kind of ulterior motive to it and she's got this interesting sort of where she's holding two things in in the one hand like she's she's completely content like you said with where she's at and her 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 main motivation is about creativity bringing music into the bringing music to life either on her own or with other people um, but it's not that she's not publicizing our music. She is she is putting together proper releases and she's reaching out. I'm sure you're going to talk about this in a minute, but she's reaching out and promoting herself in a myriad of ways. So it's not that she's trying to keep her music hidden, but equally, she describes herself as being completely content with where she's at. And I, I really love that. I think it very, very much fits into that sort of sense of purity that you were, you were mentioning, yeah. Yeah, there's a proper there's a proper honesty to it. I, I really like it, and the, just the there's that DIY stuff that we've talked about that's kind of boiled down to just one person <laughs> and their own way of doing things. I love that. I think it's really brilliant. There's no kind of oh, I need to maybe be a little bit more like this, or maybe I need to be a little bit more. And those sort of pot, uh, um, those those holes that you fall into, that those, those traps that you fall into when you're trying to push your music out there, or you know work out what sort of artist you are or whatever and i love i love that kind of the origin story that, mm -hmm. that, that there is attached to melody's music making which i don't really want to say anything yeah, we, too we much can't. more about <laughs> but it's it's such a what it's such a wonderful origin story um and and i don't think you'll come across uh, another one like it really <laughs> yeah yeah we haven't had one like it and we can't we can't delve into it because it would just give it away too much I, th I think one thing that's going to surprise people is the music at the end of the show. I don't know what I, I don't know what people will be predicting that they might hear throughout the course of the conversation. But when you get there, it's this really complex music, isn't it? It's mm. it's complex and it's not I mean, it's not that it's not unlike music that you've heard before, but it's very much not straight pop music. You know, she comes from a kind of foundation of kind of early psychedelic music but it's very much meshed together with something that is more more shiny and more pop but it's yeah i think it's going to surprise people when when they come to hear the track at the end in in a yeah. good way in a thoroughly good way 
Yeah, and then go and watch the video. And then go and watch the video, yeah. <laughs> well, our thanks to Melanie for coming on the show, and I'm delighted that she reached out to us uh, to be a guest on the podcast. Um, and if you have a demo tape and you would like, as Melanie did, to reach out to us and be a guest on the show, then you can get in touch with us by emailing songsfromapaddedenvelope at gmail.com. And with that, let's go over to episode 38 of Songs from a Padded Envelope with Melanie S. Jane. Hiya, yeah, I'm Melanie S. Jane and the song you're going to hear is called Over the Horizon. It was just released last month in February. Oh, it was, it's April now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only just. February the 20th it was released. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Melanie. Can we can we start off with the story behind the the demo you're sharing with us? What's the what's the story behind the song? It's a sort of imaginary song where imagined myself sort of being sent into this sort of otherworldly environment, city, and it's like otherworldly in any case. And, um, but I'm trapped there, sort of trapped in this place, and. Um, and there's like these forces oh, kind of like over the horizon it's like a sort of mysterious place but it it, it kind of sends signals across to me and it's and i'm thinking is it a better place than where i am and i've got to try and get to it um and there's things shadows and things blocking me way to get to, to over the horizon but I'm receiving sort of images as well from the horizon. It's sort of, yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's a fantasy kind of song. It's a really developed um sort of theme, Melanie. Did the did that the idea come to you, or was it a set of lyrics, or was the idea first that you then built the song from? Yeah, it's unusual because uh, normally when these songs I do have the song in my head with the word some of the words come through and the melody that's normally what happens with the song but with over the horizon i was just um on the uh, synthesizer um and i was just um creating these drum i just experimenting with some drums and i got the drum beat and i thought that's really cool and then um then i got some of the bass and you know like there's a like a guitar in it it's kind of a eastern sort of guitar sound well mm. that's from the keyboard as well and and it was just pure where like it just happened <laughs> and then um, i got about 10 seconds of it and i thought oh that's great i'll just save that and a few months later i went i was looking and i thought oh what I'll go back to that. What happened was, so I thought, hey, I'll try and like expand it, and so I, I, I did. I, it just kind of happened. It's it's funny how over the horizon happened, and it's and I just sort of de I developed the music first. So I had it all. I added the bass, which is um, on the keyboard synth as well, the bass, and um, then I. Um, I thought, right, I'll add some words, you know, the melody. Um, and I just started singing about the horizon. I didn't have a clue what I was going to sing. <laughs> That's what came in the head, straight away. And, um, yeah, and I was recording it at that time. And it just basically the first take of me singing it, like, I really liked it. And I just added some more words and... So that's how I got the song. And then I added some, um, I added my electric guitar to it as well with um, with a like a sort of spacey sound, flangey sort of sound to it, yeah. So is that your normal process of working is, is you'll come up with a bit of a fragment that then you'll sit with for a bit or you'll leave for a bit? So this is an unu unusual for you, is it? Yeah, it's unusual. Yeah, yeah it's normally... I get the, a lot of the songs I get the melody and I know exactly, it just comes in my head and I know part of the words and the melody as well. 
and then that's just like um and i might i'll probably get the chorus as well and i'll just uh sing it into me you know me phone me microphone and then so i don't forget it and then i figure out the chords on the guitar from there because obviously i've got the melody so i just need to figure out the chords on the guitar and then then i obviously add, add all the drums after that and and work out the drums you know just like i've got it all mapped out and so yeah so it was different over the horizon you were you were saying about getting the vocal in a kind of one take there's something pretty special about that moment moment when that happens isn't there something quite pure about it yeah yeah i was amazed that i did, I did it because with the personality like i say i get it up at once like the melody and then i figure out the guitar after that but obviously i've done the i've figured done the music first on the keyboard and the synthesizer so so then it, I didn't have a clue what melody or words, and it just came out in one take. <laughs> I was really, happy. it was really uh, exciting that happened, and I thought that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so the way you're describing it is that it's very much you doing doing everything. Do you do you have like a um, anyone that you play ideas to before you start to develop them, or who who who'll collaborate with you on on your songs? Or is it all pretty much just you? Yeah, it's, it's me that, because for the solo, I do everything. Uh, guitar, keyboard. So, yeah. Um, and I've got my little portable recording studio in the house as well. And, um, yeah, because I have been in quite a few bands before. I'm in a band as well called Emerald Storm and um but we haven't played since since december 2019 and um, hopefully we can uh get back together this year and but the solo is separate to the band so I, with the solo i do everything myself obviously with the band I, in the band i play the guitar and add synth as well to the recording but um yeah but it's very exciting with the solo, of course. I just don't know what you know what's going to happen. It's yeah, and with this, I mean, this synthesizer that I've got, to Roland's keyboard, it's just amazing. It really, it's really enhancing the songs. Is it something that you've always done? Have you always written and recorded music on your own? Yeah, um, for the band, I write the songs for the band as well. Yeah, what I normally do is work out the song first and then if it, if it's the band then i'll i'll say you know i'll say oh you like this song <laughs> and i'll play it and sing it and yeah so that's with a band Admiral Storm. that's how how it works um yeah it's just exciting to see i'm i'm going to be releasing the next ep called out it's called out of nowhere that's going to be Hopefully, it's on track to be released in May. And um, yeah, so I've, I've been working on this, just doing the last little bit of tweaks on the songs. There's going to be six songs on it, and Over the Horizons, the first song on it as well. Well, we're going to come on to talk a little bit about your releases and things uh, a bit later on in the conversation. But if we can just sort of track track back a little bit, and you tell us a bit about about um music in your life growing up are you from a musical family yeah my mum used to play the piano um i wish i'd you know like you know at the time it, it, well it was brilliant but i wish i'd have learned more from her and and she was very musical you know um that she read music and yeah my dad isn't music I mean, he listens to music but he didn't play any instruments um yeah so when i was growing up my mum always uh was very musical and i took when i was at school i took a few guitar lessons and i thought oh, i wish i did stuck to stuck with it but i packed it in after about a month <laughs> and then yeah 
later on it was only when i was in my late 20s i started uh, learning the guitar properly learning some chords so what sort of music would have been on in the house when you were growing up melanie oh well i see my mum used to get us um singles like um she used to second hand singles and uh records and but she used to get quite a mixture there'd be like some of the like the beat well the beatles straight away i loved them and um it was like punk so some of the, some songs were punk um trying to remember the skids i think yeah they were called the skids the sort of new wavy sound i love that and um yeah and i started buying all the beat i bought all the beatles albums i love the beatles and uh got into the early like the storms the rolling storms and yeah i just used to um yeah the 60s i love 60s <laughs> bands and artists yeah so that when i was young the beatles was probably the main band i listened to and this is this is your mum encouraging music again, music listening yeah. by by going yeah. and buying buying singles and things. That's great. Um, but there's a big gap between putting down the guitar when you were doing lessons in school and then picking it up mm. again in your in your twenties. Was there was there any other kind of musical learning going on between that time, or being in bands, or singing, or or anything? Or was it no, a, no, there wasn't. No, um, yeah, it was just. What happened was, I, I didn't even intend to be, um, you know, doing what I do now. But in my late 20s, I was just, I was, I was just, it was, I remember it was a lovely summer's day. I was walking in the park and there was these songs coming in my head. And uh, I thought, oh, I wish I could play <laughs> an instrument and put, you know, record them. Um, and that's what inspired me to do it. I thought I'll get a guitar and learn some chords, and I did. I got um, a, a simple book of, you know, just chords, basic chords, um, started to play, and um, I nearly gave it up because I couldn't. I remember I couldn't flip from one card to the other fast enough, and I was yeah. getting really frustrated. <laughs> I thought, yeah. oh, why don't I just not bother? But then. Not long after that, I think it was a day after, I started, it would start to go faster, you know, the cards, the switches, and then I learned a few cards, and then I started getting some so more songs in my head, and and uh, yeah, I just started writing songs myself, that's the intent, you know, I didn't even think about it. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's yeah. really fascinating, isn't it? Was there anything going on for you in your life at that at that time that you think you could attribute to that kind of rise in your creativity or that in, the, those songs coming to you? Were you? Yeah, I was listening. I was listening. To, there were a lot of psychedelic music. <laughs> I was listening to bands like Early Pink Floyd, uh, Hawkins, um lot of hippie kind of music so i was that's and that's the kind of that when i was walking in the park that's the kind of music that was coming in my head songs um so yeah that's i would say the psychedelic music inspired me to start making my own songs i didn't even know i was going to do it <laughs> and how did you come to that music? Was there a group of friends that you were listening to and going to see bands of that sort of genre of music? Yeah, um, when I was a teenager, um, I was just hanging about with a few people. Um, it was one lad who was into the Stranglers. He got me into the Stranglers. I like them. And then what, there was another friend said, oh, this is great. And he put on what, what Pink Floyd's like i don't know which one it was but i thought that's brilliant <laughs> and art oh, and they're talking heads um a song called air i don't know if you've heard it talking heads i, I thought that was really brilliant song as well so yeah it was my friends that kind of introduced me to that 
you know, that style of music. And but obviously, I'd, I'd earlier on I'd heard the Beatles, and um, they, they, you know, were psychedelic with the song called Tomorrow Never Knows. So I loved that song straight yeah. away. So yeah, um, all the other quite a few other bands in, in my twenties, the friends introduced me to them. So yeah, that inspired me. To it's a, that I, I just I love that I love that walking through the park image and suddenly thinking, do you know what? I'm yeah. going to write some songs. Did yeah. you did you write those right. songs that came to you that that day no. in the park? Did they ever materialise? No, I, what happened was I didn't have anything to record it. It the songs were quite there, out there songs and um. I just I just can't, couldn't remember what they were. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. The <laughs> Do you remember what the first the first song that you managed to bring together was then, Melanie? I I, it, I remember I can't quite remember which one it was, but I haven't actually recorded it as a you know one of these songs that I've put forward for the band or we solo. But the first few songs. They're all, they're all right, but um, they weren't as good as the ones in the park. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what you're constantly ch chasing, is uh, those, those songs in the park that got away yeah, from you. Yeah. But then I after, love that. Yeah, once I learned the guitar and after the first few songs, then better ones came, you know, started coming through, and that's when I, I thought, oh, I really like them. I'll put them out there. Uh, and at the time, I was getting air uh, from in the band and yeah putting forward in the band and yeah and we started playing them and it was brilliant absolutely amazing this you know drums a drop a drummer adding drums to their songs and bass and like a bass player you know it's like wow this is amazing <laughs> yeah. tell us tell us a bit about how you came to to meet the people that you formed the first band with then oh right yeah well the first proper band, well, the first proper band or the one before there was one before that, but that only lasted a couple of months. But the first proper band, um, Sean, I put an advert up. In, I moved to Newcastle by then, and I put an advert up. Drummer, oh, I think I did put drummer, and specifically a drummer, and Sean answered. Now. Sean is actually in the band that I'm in now, Emerald Storm. So, you know, it's amazing that we're still, you know, wanting to play music together. But yeah, right. at the time, he answered the advert and he says, oh, I play with a friend in the in a church hall invention, which is in Gateshead. And so I... I I joined him and his friend, Eugene, and Sean was on the drums, Eugene on the lead guitar, and it just Eugene had some of his own songs. Obviously, I, I had some, quite a few by then um, that I'd written, and it was just amazing. To, and um, we were just playing away for hours play away for hours for hardly any money at all. Like, there's only a few pounds and you could play there for about four or five hours. I remember the room was quite echoey as well. I noticed the acoustics in the room was quite echoey. I thought, oh, that's it. But now the, you know, the, the echoes around the room, you can, yeah. Um, yeah, we used to play there for hours and uh, we got a bass play as well, James, and at the time, I didn't actually want to sing the songs. I wasn't um, confident enough. So we got a female vocalist. And yeah, and it was great. We did a couple, you know, practiced a while, did a few gigs, split off. And met other musicians. And that's what seemed to be the pattern. We got to get, got really great musicians together. And um seemed to be going really well and then somewhat would happen and we'd split off so in the end because that was the pattern 
I thought, why don't by then I have, I was singing um by then and I thought, why don't I try um solo? So in twenty twenty eighteen, yeah, it was twenty eighteen, I plucked up the courage and went to um played a, a acoustic night, got me acoustic guitar, played about twenty minutes set. Tuesday night in Newcastle, and that's how the solo started. How uh, how soon after the 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 um the songs in the park experience were you? Did you find yourself on a stage? And can you tell us a bit about that? That you're, you're playing live for the first time. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, it, so the song. So that was right. The songs in the so when I heard those psychedelic wacky songs in the park. I was living in Darlington, so I learned the guitar, you know, I learned some of the chords, wrote some songs, then moved to Newcastle, and um, so that, and then formed, you know, met Sean, Eugene, so that was maybe about, not that long after, probably in this case, probably in the, probably about two years after, year after two years after um and then yeah and the female vocalist joined and so yeah probably a couple of years after from the park and then we went to play first gig was in middlesbrough and then we were it was a couple of other bands on it was so exciting, like, you know, it was the first gig. <laughs> uh, it was so exciting driving there from Newcastle to Middlesbrough. You know, I didn't really know the way, but, uh, yeah, but we got there. Um, actually, Sean didn't get it. We lost Sean, our driver. <laughs> so he didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was what a bit of <laughs> It was a carry on because uh, I was like, oh, it was it was supposed to be there a certain time. I can't remember what time. And Sean was really late. And um, so I don't know what what happened to him quite, but he did turn up. He was late. But that, that was a bit like, oh, no, <laughs> we've got action clear. You don't need that on your first gig, do I you? Know. Um, and it was just, I just remember after that, Got it was so exciting. And I obviously wasn't singing at the time. I was just I was playing the guitar. But I was so excited and seeing an audience clapping, and it was just amazing. It was so exciting. Yeah. What was the name of the band, Melanie? The band at the time was called Transmit, but um, we didn't. We did we, we did go in the studio and um, make an EP, but. It never got released because not long after that we split. Well, the couple of people left, and um, you know, I would, and then we got other people. It just kept happening, um, splits mm. and getting really good people. That, you know, but Sean, um, you know, is amazing. He's, he's a brilliant drummer, and his stuff, you know, has stayed all the, all of you know till now amazing but um but emerald stone we've got a fantastically guitarist terry v and um we do need a bass player so we're going to be looking for a bass player and we um we've got a keyboard player learning the songs on the keyboard but he's never really done much on the keyboard so he's learning from scratch so i'm going to see how he gets on with it as well john is called so yeah see how that goes <laughs> you mentioned uh the the that first time in the studio with transmit uh, yeah how how was how was that 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 first going into the studio to record it have you and and do you still have those recordings have yeah somewhere yeah have yeah uh, might be over there actually in that draw. Yeah, it was really exciting. We went to it, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. It was a fairly cheapish 
sort of studio I didn't know but um yeah it was uh recording separate I just remember recording the guitar over the drums and um and then just everyone doing the bits and but the others more experienced Melanie had they been in the studio before no actually Sean never so um it was all your first time yeah it was all the first time so it was really exciting for everyone yeah yeah yeah. and yeah we recorded five tracks five songs do you remember the moment when you finished the first song and all sat down and heard it coming through the speakers in the studio yeah i do um the guy who recorded this well so some called different levels he actually different levels he um he did a sort of a, a alternative mix. He did the mix that we wanted, but he did an alternative one. He said, listen to this. And it did sound really good because he made the vocals more sort of um, like, uh, you know, re- right, re- heavy reverb. And it sounded really good, wavy. And it was really good how he did it. And he did. The other version that we, we you know, the, that we um, planned to do as well. So that was great, even that. Yeah, and the, and the song sounded really good. So, given that you that you were excited by the the way the songs were sounding and the and you you know playing with some musicians that you were getting on with and um, sort of were on your way, did you have? many ambitions for the band at that point you know coming out of the studio with your first demo what what, what were you hoping to achieve um i wasn't really sure so i didn't know what I, I think um just to get more gigs at the time i suppose was on my mind to well everyone's mind we just wanted to play live and hopefully that would you know would show what we could do and demonstrate what we could do. I didn't even send it to any radio stations or anything, which I should have. <laughs> I didn't really know because I was just learning, you know. Um, and but unfortunately, not like I said, not long after that, with a couple of uh, customers, oh, it's another story, but um, but, um, just, we had to get another. Yeah, we were looking for another uh, vocalist after that. Yeah, because I still hadn't built up the confidence to sing um, the songs by that time. So it took a few years after that to actually build up the courage to, you know, sing myself. When you when you were playing those gigs with Transmit, what was the what was the scene like in the northeast? Was it easy to go and to find to find shows to play live? Um, ooh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really, yeah, we did get the, a few gigs, um, and then, see, Transmit didn't really last that long, and then we, a guy called Mark came in, the guitarist, Eugene, the, Mark came in, and he was a bit more experienced, he, he's, um, you know, been in bands before, cover bands, and he also wrote his own songs. So, um, but he was more, definitely more experienced than us. And um, he was looking for gigs as well. He got us a few gigs, and I was looking as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't get some, but um, you get venues that want you to play covers as well, and didn't really play covers cover songs you know trying to keep original so if we'd have played covers as well we probably would have got more opportunities it's that's in fact that's happened throughout the time and the bands afterwards if you know it's a bit harder in in this area to get gigs if you just play original music if you're not if you haven't got like a following so it was but we could get some gigs you know and then yeah you mentioned um 
not sending your music out the, the 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 demo to radio stations but that seems to be something that you've done a lot with your solo music is yeah uh, you've yeah. had a, a, a lot of links with radio stations all over the country can you t- tell us a little bit about how that's developed for you yeah i suppose i've been learning as i've been going you know with the solo i thought well i've got to basically get that all these songs that i've got <laughs> and that i'm writing um i need to get them out there as much as possible so that's when i thought right i'll send them off to radio stations and as many as I can and can get the music out there and because it just feels like I've not wasted uh, quite a few years but because I should should have done it before um but um yeah so that's why I'm pushing more for to get the music out there to because otherwise it's not never going to be heard and has that started to build connections for you already then, Melanie? Yes, building connections, yeah. Um, well, it's amazing to have your music, you know, if you write a song, it's just amazing to have it accepted to be played. That's just amazing in itself. Um, I have sort of talked to some of the people that, have, that have play the music, um, and like, there's a few stations, you know, like we have interviews, so I've talked to some of the, you know, personally talked to them and um, it's just, yeah, you get a bit of a connect, you get a connection with them and um, it's just lovely that and yeah, and like for example, there's this uh, station in where is it again in Birmingham hospital radio station and uh, I've been I was talking to Paul and he's played a few of his songs and he was saying why don't you come it'd be amazing to see you play live and I says well I'd love to play in Birmingham <laughs> um so I might actually um meet up with him in Birmingham and go got a few open mic nights there and they, and he says he's going to come along and um is what what he wants to do he says is while i'm performing he wants to record it and then broadcast it on his show so it's just i mean things like that it's just amazing <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. great the, the, uh, and so you're going back to people again and again with new new songs and they're they're kind yeah, of supporting yeah. you and get get by i mean that's it's kind of unusual isn't it to that to be contacting um as many radio stations as you can community radio hospital radio and you know, yeah. sort of local radio stations but but that is part of the way that you're you've that you've decided to get your music out into the world i think that's pretty inspired actually yeah, totally. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what sort of opportunities has it brought you? You've just talked about uh, the the one in Birmingham. Has there been any other opportunities that have come out of the connections you've made through radio stations? Well, um, trying to think. Um, there was. Ah, oh, see, I need to. There's a festival. I can't remember where it was. Is it? I think it was near Bristol. Well. There's this radio, I forgot the name of the station, but near Bristol, and uh, sent a couple of songs. And the uh, guy says, Why don't I play at, the, uh, play, play at a festival there? So I, um, I says, Okay, I'll apply. And so that's one I've applied for, I need to get in touch. So that was really good. Um, just to be asked that, you know, just amazing. I do like playing at festivals, <laughs> so was, um, which I'm going to try and do this and um, hopefully get to play a few festivals this year. Um, but yeah, um, so that was amazing. Um, uh, funny thing is, regarding radio stations, I was playing in, um, I did a few, 2019 I went to uh, Merseyside played a few open mic nights there and I didn't realise there was um in the audience there was 
a guy from a radio station <laughs> watching. So he's played um, my music on his show um, quite, you know, a few times as well. So I'm going to go back to Merseyside and meet meet up with him and a, a few other people there. So that's great. And he told us about a couple of festivals there as well. So I've got my name down for one of them and hopefully I'll, um, the other one as well will get a play this year. But yeah, so that was great. And that's a radio link as well. So it's just, yeah, you just don't know what, you just don't know what's around the corner, you know what's going to happen. You, you were talking about feeling like you'd missed opportunities that you hadn't done stuff for before. What do you want to achieve with it, Melanie? Where would you like to take your music to? Um, well, I'm happy. You know what? I'm happy with how it's going at the moment. I'm, yeah, I'm just happy. I, like, I enjoy uh, making the songs and, um, and I'm, it's just nice to just send them off, see if they get played. See, it's, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy with the level it is now and, um, and playing at festivals, seeing if that, because obviously it's good to record your music and see if you can get into gigs and different places to play as well. So you could just say, this is what I do. And, but, um, yeah, I'm playing festival. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how it is now. So if anything else happens, uh, I can't think of anything else that can happen in any case. But, but yeah, I'm really happy with how it's going. <laughs> That's great. Well, like you say, you never, you never know what's, what, what, what might be around the corner. Um, well, before, before we listen to, uh, we ask you to introduce your song, we did want to ask a little bit about the video that you've made for Over the Horizon. You've kind of talk, you talked about the, the content of the song, but the, uh, the video is pretty striking, isn't it? Can you tell us, t- tell us a little bit about that? Oh, the video, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I try, because um, it's another worldly sort of place that it's set, you know, it's, um, set on and um well what happened was i thought how am i going to do a video about you know and so i looked on because uh, it's graphics there's a lot of graphics in it and um i looked on youtube for graphics software and there's this, this software called blender and you can mm-hmm. download yep. it free and um so I watched a lot of YouTube videos on, on Blender, and um, it took it took ages to make the video, and but I totally enjoyed making it, and the yeah the graphics are kind of a bit sci-fi-ish. Yeah, <laughs> a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um. I thought it would it it looked you know it suited the song the, the graphics and um <laughs> and then I, obviously to put I put myself into the into the scenery into the landscapes um you know with the green screen and everything and it, um yeah it's just that's and I didn't really oh yeah and I, there was some effects with lights and everything. yeah. So yeah, that it was amazing to make. Yeah, really enjoyed it. But, 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 but Blender's not a straightforward piece of software to use. Did did and this was all just you making the video. Did you did you have any assistance with the yeah. with the filming uh, and stuff? You yeah, the YouTube videos. <laughs> that was it. And so yeah, it's yeah. all it's part of you. YouTube well, video. I take my hat off to you. I take my hat off to you. I mean, oh. I really like video. And oh, uh, and yeah. it really affect and it really sits with the song well. I mean, you you talk so modestly about the achievement of putting that all together. But that's that's no mean feat, and I'm you know I'm <laughs> ge- genuinely impressed. That's great. Well, really, um, yeah. It did take quite a, a few months to do it. <laughs> I, I bet it did. Blend. I mean, is not straightforward, is it? No. <laughs> um, well, it, it was following the YouTube. You know, I don't trust like. But those scenes are on on 
on YouTube videos, I just I followed them. It took like obviously it took ages to do because I was like, what did he say that I'm supposed to do when I was rewinding it and trying to find it? <laughs> but um, but on some of the on a couple of the scenes, obviously I'm adding my own little thing, you know, with the lights and that. So I've learned how I've kind of learned how to work out how to control some some of the graphic the graphics some of the graphics. So I worked that out and I just coordinated with 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 the green you know when I was doing the green screen behind me and I was trying to imagine me in this otherworldly place and the movement what I would be doing and and then. Yeah, it just re- it came together really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, Ben, we, we, we've almost we're almost through our questions, aren't we? I wondered if you've if you had any any other questions that you wanted to ask before we wrap up. Um, I was just one thing when I was looking through your your tracks you've got on your site, lots of them clock in around about three and a half minutes, and I wonder if there was something about you. Are you are you sort of on a mission to search for the perfect three and a half minute pop song? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I've noticed that. As well, um, mm, just seems to work out that way. I don't know. But on the on the new EP, there is a song that's about two and a, nearly three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And I am working on it, actually working on a new song, and it's probably about just over four minutes. So I'm, so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's usually about <laughs> three and a half. It's a good amount of time for a pop song, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Well, Mel- Melanie, look, Melanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and oh, sharing your story brilliant. with us. Thank you for it's having me. Yeah, really you, nice to. Uh, I, yeah, there's there's so much to admire about the way you go go about doing what you're doing, and uh, uh, all all the very best best with all of it. Um, can we just finish with you introducing the song that everyone's going to hear now, please? Yeah, this song. Well, I'm Melanie S. Jane, and this song is called Over the Horizon. Hope you like it. <laughs> thanks, Melanie. Yeah, thanks, Melanie. Thank you.
Songs from a Padded Envelope is presented, produced and edited by Steve Swindon and Ben Clay. Music is by state-sponsored Jukebox. Artwork is by Matt Canning. Songs from a Padded Envelope is a Hidden Hive production. (laughs) 